You're listening to the Pat and Stu Podcast. Hi, this is Stu Bergeer. Like you, I've worked hard to build a bright financial future. At least I've tried to in a tough economy. So I've been looking for different ways to protect my assets. And the most exciting opportunity I've been able to find lately is the country of Belize. Belize is an English-speaking, democratic country that has favorable tax laws, a strong banking system, a stable economy, and a real estate market that has been growing for the last 25 years. And uh, you might want to also know that Belize is a tropical paradise. Belize offers a low cost of living and some of the most breathtaking scenery on Earth. It truly is one of the best-kept secrets in the world, and it's only an hour from the United States. Soon, my wife and I are going to be taking a trip down to Belize to check it out. I'm calling it research. I know it looks good on paper, but you know you got to see it for yourself, and you should too. Go to buybelize.com to find more information about this exciting opportunity. That's buybelize.com. Schedule a flight. Check it out. Buybelize.com. Back studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu on the Blaze. Partially Dallas, partially still Salt Lake City from our affiliate at KNRS in Salt Lake City, Utah, from within the shadow of the Everlasting Hills. It is uh, Pat and Stu. This is our last show for about what a week and a half. Uh, tomorrow, Glenn is off, so we'll be doing radio only. And then uh, it'll be like a best of Pat and Stu. Is that right? Or is, no, is somebody filling in for us? Yeah. I is think it so. Doc Thompson? Do we know? Okay. Somebody's filling in, so it'll be live, but uh, it won't be us. Um, so anyway, because, I mean, really, do we not deserve vacation after all this? I kind of think so. I kind of think so. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Big raid, some arrests, some mass resignations. Uh, at Al Jazeera, apparently not Al Jazeera, America, but just as Soledad O'Brien and other journalists have flocked to Al Jazeera in the U.S., the Middle East, in the Middle East, the network's having some problems. They've been racing, uh, facing a major challenge in its credibility, including mass staff resignations, a raid of one of its offices, its reporters kicked out of a news conference by fellow journalists, and the arrest of some of its staffers by Egyptian security forces. Um, the developments are a result of widespread perceptions in Egypt and in the Arab world that Al Jazeera has shown pro-Muslim brotherhood slants? <laughs> what? Yeah, they're pro-Muslim brotherhood, apparently. And so since Morsi's government has collapsed... The channel's now facing the wrath of the people. Gosh, that couldn't happen to a nicer network. Ah, gee, you hate to see that, don't you? With such oh. a, I mean, fair and and uh, balanced coverage like they give. What was it Hillary said about Al Jazeera that they were just so darned uh, fair? In fact, viewership of Al Jazeera is going up in mm-hmm. the United States because it's real news. Real news. You may not agree with it, but. You feel like real. you're getting real news around the Hello. clock instead really of in commercials and, you know, uh-huh. arguments between talking heads and the kind of stuff that we do on our news, which, yeah. you know, is not particularly informative. That's 
Say the truth, Hillary, the truth. That is staggering. You know, the more you hear that, the worse it yes, is. Yes, it does. It sounds horrible. She attacks capitalism there because American networks play commercials, and, you know, that's how they make money, by the way. And then there's uh, discussions or arguments among talking heads, so you can't discuss the issues. Isn't that quintessentially American? Yeah, I mean, even their own employees are now saying that the other side of this, the Al Jazeera side, is a one-sided broadcast for the Muslim Brotherhood. And that's supposed to be better than our two-sided wow. broadcast with talking heads talking about Democrats and Republicans. I mean, you know, it shows where Hillary Clinton really is. By the way, does Al Jazeera not have commercials? Do they, don't they? I've never watched Al Jazeera, frankly. Do they, do they not have commercials on that network? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I've never watched it, it, come to think of it. Yeah, I mean, I've never watched it in context of, like, turning it on for an hour. I mean, we've yeah. obviously all seen I, clips of it a million I times. I haven't either. But I've never watched it in context yeah. enough to know. I mean, that's amazing. If they Are they that funded by uh, Qatar that they, they don't even need to do commercials? It's I mean, that's impossible. amazing. And people look at it as real news? Who? Who looks at Al yes, Jazeera yes, like real does. news? Yes, he does. You talking about Obama? No, who? Who? Oh, okay. <laughs> who does? <laughs> who, Jintao? That's good, Jeffy. That's good. That's a good one. That. That, was, that, was that, was quick, a, uh, that was a quick quick trigger on the who joke. I, I was pretty impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> it is stupid. You, you got that part right, Jeffy. You got that right. Anyway, the uh, the president uh, has a plan for smarter government, I guess, and uh, you know, here here it is. This brilliant, brilliant speech from yesterday. I'm going to be asking more people around the country, more inventors and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and visionaries, to sign up to serve. We've got to have the brightest minds to help solve our biggest challenges. Yeah, and it's a reminder that in this democracy, we the people. That this government belongs to us, and it's up to each of us and every one of us to make it work better. We can't just mm-hmm. stand on the sidelines. We can't take comfort mm-hmm. in just being cynical. Uh, we all have a stake in government success <clears throat> because the government is us, mm-hmm. and we're, we're doing things right. When we're tracking weather more effectively, that saves lives mm-hmm. uh, for folks who are in the path of a tornado. When we're delivering effectively data on improved health care choices, that's going to save lives and reduce costs. Wow. When you're delivering effectively data on government health care choices, which they're not doing, by the way, it's so ineffective they've had to delay the rollout for another year. That's how bad this is. Jeez, I mean, we covered this pretty pretty well, I think, on the radio show. That is insanity start to finish first of all we're not a democracy secondly no one takes comfort in being cynical what a so bizarre this guy is just the worst and what of course again he is saying here is that you need to get on board with what i'm telling you because uh you're holding things up and and you can't disagree with him because then you're standing on the sidelines or you're holding up progress or whatever. He doesn't really believe that the government is all of us. He believes the government is him 
and those who believe exactly as he does. It's just really despicable. Yeah, and there's also this uh, uh, idea that, uh, you know, you mentioned the rolling out the Obamacare thing being delayed another year. There's another story today about how they're delaying, I guess there's penalties in there if you were a smoker. And uh, they're now uh, bringing them back as well for it looks like at least another year because they're worried that people who are smokers are going to not be able to afford the health care that this bill supposedly provides. And I mean, I think there's a huge question of whether any of this is is legal. I I don't see how you can just you Mm. pass a law and then the president gets to say that that law is not in effect. Parts of it that he doesn't like or doesn't think are going to work are not in effect for a certain amount of time. I mean, what that precedent is amazing. I I wish we had that precedent when Bush was in office because we could have stopped a lot of stuff that uh, we didn't like. We could have just delayed it. We're not going to do this for the next 20 years. Let's just start doing that with all the laws we don't like. I'm kind of in favor of that. I'm, I'm kind. Yeah. Let's do that. Let, every law we don't like, we'll just delay indefinitely. Or how about we just stop doing laws we don't like? Um, like speed limits. Yes, a very <laughs> yeah. good example. A like very, limits. very good example. Hate that law. I mean, who sets those arbitrary oh, limits anyway? I mean, why would it be sixty in some areas, sixty-five in others? Sometimes it's forty. Sometimes in my neighborhood, it's thirty. Why? Why? Well, if I'm going 42 and I I feel comfortable with that, I should be able to drive 42. Amen. Right? Amen. Let some inanimate object tell me to slow down to 30? No. Who are you? (laughs) That's just wrong. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also, um, one in six Americans receive food stamps now. One in six. Food stamp use rose 2.8% in the U.S. in April. Um, from a year earlier, more than 15% of the U.S. Po- 15% of the U.S. population now receives food stamps. That's what their education plan is. They've got people out hawking it all over the country. Well, yeah, we've talked about yeah. that, they- where they're recruiting people to show up. Didn't we talk to a recruiter, or did we just play audio of a recruiter? She went to Florida, and we heard the story, right? Yeah, it was a lengthy uh, print the, interview the that we home. talked yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a print okay. interview, wasn't yeah, it? And she, yeah, and she went to Florida, and it was her job to go to like uh, the villages, right, and and tell people how great the benefits were, and really sell them on getting onto the food stamp program. And if even if they didn't want to, she would push a little harder and try to sell them on getting. I mean, when did that? I, I'd like to know when that started. Did did the Bush administration try to encourage people onto food stamps? Now, see. At this point, nothing the Bush administration did would surprise me. Uh, it, it would not surprise me if, if Bush did that as well. Um, I, I think uh, if he didn't show his true stripes while he was in office, and I think he did, but he certainly has lately. And this latest interview he just did uh, really drove me out of my mind. Did we, I, I don't know if we played that. Did we play the Bush interview? Did we talk about it? Uh, he was asked about gay marriage for one thing. Um, I think we only have audio on this, but Bush was being interviewed by somebody, I think, from NBC. And uh, here's how a little piece of that went. I saw a journalist in Zambia asked you about gay marriage and whether it is compatible uh, with Christian values. And you had an interesting response. I shouldn't be taking a speck out of somebody else's eye when I have a log in my own. 
I meant that I wasn't going to answer the question then, and I'm not going to answer it now in terms of the political uh, question about whether or not, uh, you know, I just don't want to wade back in the debate. I'm out of politics. Yeah. But I meant okay. it's very important for we're going uh, to. people. Yeah, we uh, did do this yesterday, not to I think. Be overly critical of someone else until okay. you've examined your own heart. Examine your own heart. Yeah, have your views on this evolved at all? I mean, you were, uh, Jonathan, you were not. John, I didn't, you didn't, uh, hear, didn't, my didn't answer. hear my answer. <laughs> I'm not going to wade back into. Uh, into uh, those kinds of issues. I'm out of politics. Except I the am. Only way I can about really to make news is either criticize the president, which I don't want to do, criticize my own party, or weigh right. in on a controversial issue. And, but and, I'm about uh, to do uh, all those things, <laughs> except for I'm criticize the, the president. Uh, unless I'm promoting something I strongly believe in, and I believe uh, that what we're doing in Africa mm -hmm. is incredibly important, yeah, and will continue too. to do so to, so long as I can. Me too. So long as I'm ambulatory. <laughs> well, I've got a big one word. That you care deeply about. Yeah. You tried very hard to get comprehensive immigration reform through. How big a missed opportunity will it be if it fails this time around? I think it's very important to fix a broken system, sure. treat people with respect, and have confidence in our capacity to assimilate people. <laughs> are, are, are you surprised that? President Obama has kept in place so many of your counterterrorism programs, including those he criticized uh, as a candidate. I think the president got into the Oval Office and realized the dangers to the United States, and he's acted uh, in a way that he thinks is necessary to protect the country. And besides, I was spying on the civilians as well. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize I was doing the same stuff and feel the same way about a lot of different topics as he does. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If you're still a fan of that guy, I, I don't know. I, I can't help you. <laughs> Are you still a fan of him, Stu? I mean, listen to that nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never been a huge... I mean, it's been a while since I guess I've been a huge fan of the guy. I mean, he really, I remember watching a s footage of him from his first campaign uh, back in, mm -hmm. I guess, maybe it might have been as early as um, the stupid Michael Moore movie. And you saw him back in 2000, 2001 talking about these issues. And you remember this confident guy who, who, uh, you know, talked to you know, a good game as far as conservative values go. And it was like, I remember thinking, wow, where was that? Where's that guy? And this was back in, you know, probably still his first term. Uh, so I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, he's hard to get excited about. I think he does get a bum rap on some things. And it's certainly the media treated him unfairly uh, all the time. Uh, but as a conservative, it's, yeah. it's it, you know, yeah. it's hard to defend him. And I think at the end, even if you held on to him and, I, you know, I thought I thought his first term was at, was largely pretty good. I mean, I, I, you know, now obviously the country had uh, a lot of huge issues at the time, but I think he handled them well. Obviously, 9-11 and blah, blah, blah. People know that case. The second term was really hard mm -hmm. to defend. Obviously, as you've pointed out, the immigration stuff was a disaster. But really, I don't see how, as a conservative, you can get past the 2008 stuff. I mean, even if you held on yeah. all the way that to me, yeah. that is such a line in the sand. This uh, we're getting rid of uh, of uh, free market principles to save the free market. And that nonsense he did at the end oh. with bailing out the banks. I don't think there's any way you can really stand bad. by the guy after that. I don't see there's any way. Really. Yeah. Really tough. Triple eight, seven, two, seven, Beck, eight, 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 seven, two, seven, B-E-C-K. More patents too coming up.
there's a couple problems in this country. Sometimes maybe you're not sure about the economic future, about what's going on. I don't know. Uh, as we go forward, and we have questions about what's going on in this country, how do you protect, your, uh, protect the assets that you do have? Uh, I've worked hard in my life to try to build a f- financial future for my family. Uh, and, you know, you have to kind of have to get you're right at the point now in America where you have to get a little creative. Uh, if you're looking for different ways to protect your assets, one of the best, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a cool opportunity. And that I'm looking into at least. It's called uh, buying a property in a country called Belize. Do you know Belize? You ever hear of it? It's an English-speaking country. Uh, it's a democratic country. has favorable tax laws. It's one of the T7 tax states. I, you know, I, I'm no accountant, but uh, it's got a strong banking system and a stable economy. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of nice to look at maybe some real estate in Belize. It's a a, um, a real estate market that's been growing for 25 years, 25 consecutive years. And you know, Belize isn't something like they didn't. It's not like next to Antarctica. Okay, it's a tropical paradise. It's got some of the most beautiful scenery. So you're looking for a vacation home, a place to protect some of your assets. This is a really cool opportunity. Also, it provides a low cost of living, and as I said, some of the best uh, scenery you're ever going to see on Earth. It truly is one of the best kept secrets in the world and is only an hour flight from the United States. I'm going to be going down to Belize. I've been telling you about this. Um, I'm calling it research. Uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with that for the time being. Nothing to do with just wanting to go to the nice beaches. Uh, I know it looks good on paper. I've looked at it in depth there, but I, I want to see it for myself in person. And you should, too. You go to buybelize.com and you can get more information about this opportunity. It's it, it's really interesting. Check it out. Schedule a flight down there. Take a visit. It's buybelize.com. Learn how investing in Belize can safeguard your freedom, your finances, and your future. That's buybelize.com. And we're back. 888-727 Beck, Pat and Stu Show. Uh, We were talking about the economy a little bit here toward the end. Um... I'm mentioning uh, the president's just ridiculous, ridiculous nonsense that he spouts and somehow gets away with in the, in the media. I don't know how. And how, if I might be so bold, how does he get away in the black community with the unemployment rate here? What has he done for blacks that they love him so much that 95% or 94 whatever it is, 94, 95% of blacks still support him. I don't understand it. He's done nothing. Wow. The unemployment rate is much higher, uh, and the business ownership and home ownership of blacks is much lower than it was under Bush, the last crappy president. So the unemployment rate for blacks rose from 13.5 in May to 13.7 in June. The uh, labor force participation rate has never been lower well, not since the 70s, anyway. The percentage of eligible workers who actually have a job is 64%. So if when you count the, the blacks who have just given up on looking for work, so they're unemployed permanently, uh, essentially, and those who are on the unemployment ri- list right now, the actual unemployment rate for blacks is 23.7%. Wow. 23.7%. And then it's in the it's close to forty percent for for young blacks, and yet they love him, they love him, and and somehow he gets away with it. 
Yeah. Really something. Yeah, I kind of learned a lesson after this last election. Yeah, every once in a while, these things happen where like I remember thinking to myself, I'll never make another political prediction after the Howard Dean uh, collapse when he was up by like a million points. And then all of a sudden, John Kerry was their nominee. And I remember thinking, man, this stuff really can change that fast. With this one, I swear, the, the mm-hmm. lesson I learned in 2012 is that results do not matter. It has absolutely no impact on these elections. I mean, the fact that this guy got reelected and, uh, you, you know, and with the support, as you pointed out, Pat, in the mid 90s from African-Americans after he's done nothing for African-Americans, he has the worst performance uh, among any president. I mean, you've got to go back to the Depression to see somebody who as big a disaster for African-Americans as this president. And uh, they don't right. care. And it's not just them. It's it's right. every group. I mean, you know, I, I really thought that. You looked at you looked at this election as it was coming close. People, the American people, they might like uh, Barack Obama. They might not even agree with Mitt Romney. They might not like Mitt Romney. But when it comes down to it, you have that sort of it's the economy, stupid. People know that this hasn't been working. Look at every single measure of the economy. There's almost no way Mm -hmm. to justify this guy getting this job for four more years other than the fact that the media can just kind of tout their idiotic lies and that he might be likable in some way. I mean, I just don't think anymore results have any part in this equation. That's essentially where I am. It, it certainly isn't the economy stupid anymore, is it? Because the economy sucks. The economy sucked in in November, and it's it's. I don't know if it's any better now. Unemployment certainly isn't. I mean, I guess the stock market, if that's what you go by, even that's come down though. That's that's adjusted quite a bit. And prices for goods and services have all risen right. through the roof. And and oil and gas and uh, electricity are all up. So I don't know on what measure. And and the the press is like, well, the economy's doing really well. We're we're in total recovery right now. The the economy's kind of booming right now. In fact, he's done a great job. What are you talking about? in what way? Yeah. In what way? Yeah, it was, there's a headline. But people on, buy it. There's a headline in what in the Wall Street Journal. And Wall Street Journal not supposed to be a cons- uh, liberal paper. And the uh, the cover story was mm-hmm. job gains are uh, stabilizing. Uh, all right, first of all. Job gains. Uh, we, we've learned here that uh, you know the you know temp agencies are, are one of the largest employers. Uh, people are getting hired to part-time jobs that are replacing old full-time jobs. I mean that's how these jobs are coming into effect. But beyond that, stabilizing, stabilizing. You're telling the freaking American people that seven and a half percent unemployment that you're saying is now stabilizing, and you're touting that as a good thing. What the hell country are we in? <laughs> Is that what it was overall? Was seven and a half? I think it's a seven the, point the unemployment rate six now. I think it's seven five or seven. And is six. that that's up? Right, that's slightly up. Is that up a tenth uh, it, since last time? I think the last month uh, it was either flat or up a tenth. Uh, but again, this has been. I mean, we've okay. been in this. How long has it been now? I mean, we had the. It oh hit gosh. around the the high it's nines. Absolutely, and then it's it's dropped a little yeah. bit since then. But it is not. We're not getting that movement. That everyone was hoping for. By the, by now, I mean we no. should be hitting four, five, six hundred thousand jobs a month if this thing was cooking. It's just not. We're barely clearing population growth. No, it is not. Right, right. And he, yeah, he's done nothing. He's done nothing. But he doesn't have to do anything for his supporters. For 
for 51% at least of this country to support him. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to be, and he is. So, you know, it's just fine that he is Barack Obama, and uh, and they're going to apparently vote for him regardless. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I You know, 20 years ago, this would not have happened in this country. 20 years ago, we had, do you remember when H.W. Bush ran for re-election against Clinton? And he had a 90% approval rating, 90%. But because the perception was that a recession hit and it was his fault, he lost the election less than 12 months later. I mean, it was an unbelievable, to an unknown, to an unknown governor from Arkansas who had about 4% um, even even recognition in this country. About 4% recognized his name. Uh, and he went from that to winning the election to becoming president of the United States in about a year or a little over. And and beating a guy with a 90% approval rating. And that was all because, supposedly, a performance. I mean, it, it's stunning that 20 years later, your performance means absolutely nothing. And if you're hip and you're cool and you can shoot hoops uh, with uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen from time to time... Mm. Then uh, you're worthy of being president. And tell me, Pat, that, unbelievable. Tell me that does not show who really runs this country. Uh, you know, you, the media runs this country. Look at this. Mm-hmm. You have it, the media mm-hmm. presents uh, this horrible recession under George W. Bush or George H. W. Bush, which in reality was a pretty yep. mild uh, recession that was over fairly quickly. Very, and uh, and I believe over. If I'm not mistaken, and I have to go back and look at it, over before Bill Clinton took office. Uh, and yes. then, <laughs> yes, if I remember right, it was, I believe it was. And then at the end of Bill Clinton's term, yeah. a recession started before he left office and George W. Bush gets blamed for that. Then we come to this where, uh, you know, obviously this recession did start when Bush was in office, but it's the slowest recovery. Uh, not only of, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about the, the rate of being, you know, really slow. It's the slowest recovery of, uh, you know, in this century by a long stretch but not only is it the slowest recovery, we're not even halfway there yet. We haven't even recovered half the jobs we've lost. This is the man was elected in two thousand eight. It's it, <laughs> and yet, but this is we've seen five years, Pat, yeah. of recovery yeah. Yeah. summer stories, and the people are like, "Yeah, I guess he's doing a pretty good job of the economy." I mean, it's just you know, it's just, it's, just, it's Lemmingville is what we've turned into, and it's hard to think anything else. It's inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using that word. I don't think you, it means what you think it means. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents stew coming up. Uh, one of the weirdest phenomenon I, I think I've ever seen in broadcast history is uh, the situation with Jay Leno. I don't, I can't for the life of me. You've been talking about it all morning. Understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. What the hell is wrong with Jay Leno except that he's been number one for your stupid, stinking network for 20 years now. Yeah, you got to go. Number one. I number mean, one, get out of here. We, I, he's been keeping the network afloat. Get out. 
Yeah, get out. Well, hey, thanks for making us number one for the past 20 years. Now get the hell out. We can't stand you. Why? I don't. Why? It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It's it's one of the weirdest, again, one of the weirdest things I've seen in the history of my broadcast career. Because when you're number one, usually your employer likes you quite a bit, and they they pay you whatever it is Even to keep you. Even if they don't like you, we've seen time and That's time true. again in Hollywood. Even if you're a problem child. excuses for number one stars. Better believe it. Because they want the rating. Well, you brought up a few minutes ago off the air. Uh, what's his face? Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Oh, my God! What a problem he was. How many years was he in this huge problem? But they kept him and kept him and kept him and kept him and kept him. Yeah. And he he has another show now. Still. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Amazing. So, Leno, look, if you didn't like Leno, why'd you hire him in the first place? At the time, 20 years ago, I thought Letterman was clearly the choice. I mean, he was by far the hipper of the two. He was the funnier of the two. I liked Letterman. I'm with you. But Then he became an angry nasty old codger uh, who doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you and I have been talking about this off the air all day, and really probably back uh, when they did this, NBC was under different management. They well, may have be, known yeah, what we didn't know about Letterman. And they made the they right made, choice. They made the made the Made exactly choice. the right choice. Now, they can't wait to get Leno off the network. And I, I wonder what it is. Something's got to be behind it. Um. I, I can't figure out what it is, though. Last night, he was uh, picking on uh, the president again. Is it that? I don't know. But here's uh, Jay Leno joking about heat waves and eventually uh, pulling Ob- Obama and health care into the joke as well. And Southern California, just like the rest of the country, undergoing tremendous heat wave. Oh, my God, it's been hot. How hot is it? Oh, people were sweating like Kim Kardashian's baby when she found out her name was North. Okay. <laughs> Sweating like Alec Baldwin at a gay rights rally. That's how hot it was. Hot. <laughs> it was so hot over in Anaheim, even Snow White had that not so fresh feeling. That's how hot it was. <laughs> I was sweating like the president trying to explain Obamacare. It was that hot. <laughs> I mean, is that why they want him off? He's the only comedian, really, that takes shots at Obama. He really He's is. He's about the only one. And look, I, I don't think Leno is particularly conservative. I just think he plays it down the middle, and he jokes about people that fair are game. funny. It's fair game. He would he joked about Bush when when he was in office. Now he's the only one to joke about Obama when he's in office. Uh, I think he's a reasonable guy. We've talked to him and met him, and he's he's great. I I really like Jay Leno. I I suspect his politics are left of me. <laughs> but you know who isn't? <laughs> anyway, that's wait, a good point. Wait, hold on, and that's confirmed. Uh, we've now confirmed uh, that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's six months away, just a little more than six months away from giving the Tonight Show baton, from passing it off to um, uh, Fallon. Right, Jimmy Fallon is going to yeah. take over in six months. Jimmy Fallon, I guarantee you. Here's my prediction. Fallon loses to Letterman every night. I think every night. My guess, if if I had to say, I would say Kimmel's going to be the guy who's the real beneficiary of this because he's already beating. He might be Letterman, uh, uh, which is pretty significant. Um, Kimmel is beating Letterman. uh, Yeah, Uh, here we uh, we actually have some of the ratings here. We could uh, show you some. This is uh, Nielsen. No, Leno averaged one point zero eight million viewers in the adults eighteen to forty nine. 
demo, 3.6 million okay. uh, overall, but 1.08 as far as the demo goes, which is the big thing. Jimmy Kimmel is at 885,000, about two and a half million overall, mm-hmm. and he's up 25% in the last year, although he did move time slots as well. David Letterman, he's fallen 13% right. in the last year, and he's down to 777,000. Wow. So, uh, uh, you could, good. Yeah. I mean, good. Uh, Kimmel is now beating him by over a hundred thousand, uh, on a, on a daily well, basis. That's yeah, a real uh, shame. All that's amazing. Here's the thing. The one excuse that I saw in the paper that made any sense at all, despite the fact that he was number one, that he was not doing well in younger demo. Well, that's bull crap because he's, he is doing well. He's up 8% from last year in 18 to 49 year olds. Yeah, what are you talking about? He's not hurting at all. It really, you you said this, Pat, and it's you know this sort of statement, uh, you know, would be made by Glenn, and it, uh, you know, you might think it might be a little bit of a uh, over exaggeration, uh, but really, I will mm-hmm. say you're not over exaggerating at all, saying it's one of the most perplexing things I've ever heard of in broadcast history. I mean, this guy, yeah, it is, yeah, it is, oh, he is overwhelmingly, he's beat everybody. He's come back out of yeah. retirement to beat people. He's no matter who, yes, no matter who they threw at him, whether it was Conan or any of these other guys, Kimmel, he beats them all. He beats them all, all of them every the time. From a guy who did it for thirty years mm-hmm. and, 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 and did it for twenty. Yeah, yeah. look, and I, I, I'm yeah. not saying that you, you could look, you could be NBC and say, look, we, you know, he, Jay's getting up there in age. He's not going to last forever. Although, you know, how long was Carson around? But you know, okay, he's not going to last forever. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we want to make we want to make sure we're still on the cutting edge. We don't want to become the old network. All, let's just say you have all that, all those concerns, and some of those are legitimate. Though, while the guy's still number one, I don't understand why you really need to address them. But you already yeah, have exactly. Jimmy Fallon. You have Jimmy Fallon exactly. all lined up. So if you really want to do this, yeah. keep Leno there, keep paying him, keep getting your number one ratings, and then at the same time, maybe dump mm-hmm. more of your promotional dollars into Fallon to build him up for five years down the road. Uh, and, and you know, build that brand. But as long as Leno continues to win, mm-hmm. why screw with it? It makes no sense. I seriously, it, I, I don't. Jay goes on vacation. Fallon does all that. Sure. Yeah, you can have him fill in on the Tonight Show. You can get, you can have him get used to the audience, and the audience used to him. All of it. It is the one of the most bizarre things ever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the guy still looks good. He's not a fat, ugly slob. He's not, you know, he's not, I mean, he's as funny as he's ever been, but, well, I mean, that, you know. That's Jay, though. That's it's his Jay. It's, it's his kind of humor, and that, that Obama joke wasn't bad. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not sure what it is. Is he too conservative for the network? I mean, because he is not. Is I that mean, what it is? Out, has been out and said that he is a Democrat. So he is not a conservative yeah. by any means. Um, but he's a reasonable Democrat, I yeah. think. And he's willing and to. Maybe s- that's even too conservative. For he's them. willing to say things that are critical of the administration to get a laugh, which is exactly his job. Yes. And no one else is willing to do it. Sure is. Right. right. Exactly right. So I don't know. And, and you know, Leno, when, when Letterman first came on against Len, Leno, uh, he was number one for I think the the first two years, oh, right? I think it it might not have lasted that long, but it was something like that. It was one to was one and a half to two years, and then Leno took over, and it seems to me that he's been number one in virtually every single night from that time forward, which is unheard of. 
you just can't. It's almost impossible to do that in broadcasting. And and so they but they have no loyalty to him. They have no there. There's no gratitude toward him. There's apparently no appreciation of him in any way uh, from a guy who who does this. And, And he's a good guy. Seemingly a good guy. He got he got the worst of this Conan thing, which is bizarre to me, because he came back, you know, to his time slot, and the perception was that he stole the time slot from Conan. Well, Conan stole it from him in the first place, and then wow. when he when Conan wasn't performing, they came back to him and they said, "Hey, Jay, would you take back your time slot if we gave it to you?" Well, of course he would. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he did. I wouldn't categorize Conan as stealing his time slot. I mean, he he was contractually offered it and he accepted it as well, which I can understand. Exactly the same thing that happened with Leno when he went back. Yeah. I don't know why he gets the the shaft here. I think because he's not. uh, I don't either. I I think it's because he's not the cool guy in the media. He's, you know, not the trendy new pick. He's just a guy who does his job well over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, America gets bored by that sort of thing, I guess. But the media especially. But, I mean, the guy comes out, you know, he's not. um, He does what he does. He does that job very well. And he does it for more people like him more than they like other other people doing that job. Has been shown over and over right. and over again. Whether you think he's the most trendy comedian, if you think he's the most alternative, he's the most cool. He might not be those things, but he's the one the people like most. I don't particularly like, like, what was it? The Charlie Sheen show uh, you were mentioning earlier. I can't even think of the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, two, two, and two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. I, two and a Half Men, I think, sucks. I've never thought it was a good show. But, you know, it was the number one comedy mm. in America for about six years. So, I mean, I'm the one out yeah. of the mainstream, I guess. You don't take those shows off unless you absolutely have to. And they were eventually <laughs> no, you had their no, hand forced by Charlie Sheen being insane. But who who drops a show <laughs> when it's number one like that? It, it makes absolutely no yeah, sense. It doesn't make any sense. Now, one of the things that we've missed, though, in our chat about Jay Leno at the Tonight Show, and the feed brought it up, and that's they are absolutely right. Maybe Jay is being promoted to weekends. Uh, <laughs> it's possible. Right. Because of the brand. There you go. Yeah. That could be it. That could, that could well be it. I would think, too. It's pretty amazing. And he's such a good such a good guy that when NBC cut the budget on The Tonight Show, probably trying to get Jay to quit, and they were going to have to lay off a bunch of his employees, he took money out of his own salary and paid those employees so they wouldn't lose so their job. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that's what kind of guy he is. It's really an amazing situation. That's it. Oh, I, I know. But yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They've tried to get rid of him by doing that. And he yeah. took the cut to keep him. You know they hate him for that. I bet oh they do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I bet they do. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more. Pat and Stu coming up. The Network. You are building. Lives here. So results don't matter. We were talking about that earlier with Obamacare. And the results, what this president has done, don't seem to be reflected in the votes. So what do you do? You can still obviously vote. You still do all the things that you uh, that you do. You or you're, you try to be active in the community and you work hard to convince people. But the other thing you can do is pay uh, your, your money to organizations that support your values. So you can vote with your wallet. Uh, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the uh, Association of Mature American Citizens, or AMAC. AARP is the other side. 
They are a liberal lobbying group. They fought for Obamacare. So when you give your cash to the AARP, you are essentially voting with your dollars to support policies like Obamacare. And look, that's that's your business. That's Americans. You can do that if you want. But maybe you should think about AMAC, which is the conservative alternative to the AARP. They believe in the things you believe in, faith, family, freedom, the Second Amendment, low taxes, and free enterprise. When you join AMAC, you'll receive great benefits, but you can also receive a peace of mind that uh, says, you know, your money's not going to fight for policies you've spent your entire life fighting against. Research your options and look into a group that will represent your American values. Think about AMAC. It's an organization that's not only better for you, but better for America. Go to AmericaIsRising.com. That's AmericaIsRising.com or call 888-262-2006. That's AmericaIsRising.com or 888-262-2006. To Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, let's go to Jeff in Texas. Jeff, you're on the Pat and Stu show. Hi, uh, Jeff on line four. I have in Texas. Yes, I have the answer to the Taylor question. All right. Um, if, if Jeff is yes. there, I'm not hearing Jeff. Okay, I am I mean, here. Jeff. Here. Hey, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, hey, hey, Do I have the uh, answer to the Jay Leno question? And it is Lauren mm-hmm. Michaels because he is NBC. The- he's NBC's real number one star, you know, to them. And he will be taking over the Tonight Show production when it goes to Jimmy Fallon. Ah, that's an interesting, uh, hmm. interesting not, thought there. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not about the star. It's about his production company taking over the biggest show on the network. Mm, yeah, that's very believable. I, it's, an, it's still an odd thing. I mean, I don't know why Saturday Night Live even gets the reverence that it does. I mean, I understand that that also wins. Yeah, really? It's time slot. But I mean, the quality of it, uh, and I've never, I haven't been impressed with in obviously a really long time. No. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's that's frankly atrocious. Point. I do think, uh, as someone yeah. pointed, just pointed at Pat and Stu on Twitter, someone had just wrote this into us in that Jimmy Kimmel is going to, you know, dominate this time slot when, when Leno leaves. I believe that to be very true. I mean, I think he's the, he's the next guy in line, I think, for this. He's funnier than all of them. Uh, you know, he's, he's much more edgy than that time slot is, you know, has been in a while, but he's not edgy to the point where, uh, I mean, my mom likes the show. You know, so I think it's going to get to that point yeah. where once he takes over and doesn't have Leno to deal with anymore, I think he's going to win that time slot fairly easily on a routine basis. Could be wrong. And I hope that's true because, do you know, that will drive David Letterman out of his mind. That may be the <laughs> final straw that breaks the camel's back for David Letterman. And I think that's great because the guy's an ass. He's just he's just a. Uh, uh, an ignoramus for one thing. He's, he's an angry old, uh, progressive who knows absolutely nothing, uh, about the way this country is supposed to work, about the way things, and he admits it freely and openly and then yet continues to bash conservatives in the nasty way he does. He's just, a uh, an angry old man. And so it'll be great to see Kimmel, uh, crush him when that when the time comes mm-hmm. uh let's go to michael in florida hey michael you're on the patents Stu show hey guys just want to remind you that um that fallon has been carrying obama's water both of the obamas both michelle and barack for years i mean do you guys remember the yeah. uh the, the um lying ass uh that that whole thing with uh quest love when they had uh michelle bachman on 
Yep. No, uh, yeah. I sure do. Her. And when they had the mom dancing Definitely. thing with, uh, with Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. I think that was, by the way, around the time she was talking about the, the troubles in the White House. So they had Michelle Obama on Dancing with, uh, with Fallon. You know, very cute. Uh, and I think, by the way, you're right yeah. about um, Adorable. Uh, Kimmel. I think he is going to—he's going to wipe the floor with them. You think Fallon's going to beat Kimmel? Uh, yeah. I know. I think Kimmel's going to beat Fallon. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I, completely I, dominate yeah. Fallon. I think. Yeah, so that's too. what we're saying too. I think so too. He actually—he actually has commentary. He actually discusses things without yeah. just being a, a, a shill. Yeah, and when so we played some of, well. but right. Kimmel isn't. Uh, while Kimmel Thanks, isn't, uh, I don't think takes as many shots uh, at Obama. Uh, as uh, Leno does, uh, Kimmel does do a lot. Like he, we've played a lot of his things where he'll go out and interview people about, uh, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the, the debates that happened. I mean, you know, who do you think won the debates? And everyone's saying Obama, Obama, Obama. And the debate hadn't even happened yet. You know, we, we play, he does do things like that. I mean, I think he's he's you know he's a pro as well, and it's amazing his history. And if Kimmel. From, that his like really raunchy sort of background that he's been able to really make that transition incredibly well. Yeah, he has. He's done it pretty well. And if Kibble does dominate Fallon as well as Letterman, that too will be incredibly satisfying because uh, NBC is in the hurry they are to get rid of Leno when they lose night after night, week after week, month after month, and year after year to Jimmy Kimmel, and then and then they lose. Uh, they lose advertising dollars. That's going to feel pretty good. That's going to feel pretty good. That Okay, you wanted to get rid of Leto, who was number one for 20 years, so badly. How do you like him now? Are they then going to go back to Leno a second time and say, oh, gosh, we screwed up again. <laughs> it's been a year. We're now in third place. Um, do you want to come back and take over for Fallon, and we'll put him back where he was before? How uh, I think uh, Leto at that point would tell him to pound sand. Has Has Leto announced what he's going to do after this? Do we know? I have not heard. Have you heard I, Stu? I, I don't think so. I mean, he obviously doesn't either. have to do anything. It's just a matter of him doing. No, the guys. And also, he likes to. He's one of those guys that really likes to tour as a comedian. Still, he'll still go out and do shows on True. the road. He, I mean, so True. it may just be that. Supposedly, funny. Supposedly, he lives off his stand up. And then he socks away all the money he makes from the Tonight Show. So he's got some. Here we go for Pat and Stu. Juvio countdown. Four, four, three, two, one. Now, from the Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu. On the Blaze. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago. Welcome to Pat and Stu, by the way. Talking a few minutes ago about the uh, Jay Leno fiasco. The guy who's been number one for 20 years. I mean, almost all of 20 years. Uh, there have been one or two nights, I think. Maybe a full week, occasionally, where uh, Leno is, or Letterman has over, overtaken Leno. But it, it's extremely rare. Um, so, anyway, they, they, for whatever reason, want to get rid of him. Now, somebody you would never want to get rid of, and that's why he's just been promoted yeah. um, to weekends, is uh, Ed Schultz and the Ed Schultz brand. <laughs> uh, former MSNBC producer Jeff Cohen. About the brand? Yeah, I'm talking about the, the brand. Mm-hmm. Yes, the brand. When you say the brand, who do you think of? Ed, Ed Schultz. Schultz. Ed Schultz. Yeah, Ed Schultz. 
Uh, Jeff Cohen, though, bashed hosts from MSNBC all the way from Ed Schultz to Melissa Harris-Perry for their unquestioning loyalty to uh, Barack Obama, leading him to call MSNBC, quote, the official network of the Obama White House, unquote. It's a, I mean, really? You're just now getting this, Jeff? But, uh, I mean, welcome to the party. Don't get me wrong. That's great. But uh, that's been obvious for a while, you know. What it, he said, uh, here's his quote. When it comes to issues of U.S. militarism and spying, the allegedly progressive MSNBC often seems closer to the official network of the Obama White House than anything resembling an independent channel. With a few exceptions, especially Chris Hayes, MSNBC has usually reacted to expanded militarism and surveillance by downplaying the abuses or defending them. Isn't that the truth? Thank you. Yeah. How about that? Some, You know, every once in a while, Mediaite will give you something honest. Yeah, I mean, it is true. I mean, of course, first of all, I will point out that the only uh, criticism they have is that they're not left enough when it comes down to the clutch. I mean, when it... When it comes down to when you True. really need a yeah. progressive to criticize another progressive, they're not quite progressive enough, uh, which, you know, I understand you're going to get that from MSNBC producers. They're not going to see things. I mean, they're not going to see any right uh, wing criticism as legitimate at all. But I don't know if anyone could point out that occasionally maybe they should be criticized as well because of the things they say that are bad against the right. And in addition to that, I will say Chris Hayes. Uh, we pointed it out on this network, which shows, by the way, that we don't yeah, we did. just uh, we don't just go one way here. Because uh, when Chris Hayes actually did say some things that were pretty substantial and a legitimate criticism of the president, and outlined a pretty good argument against these policies that were done in both administrations, we played those, and, and I think he made some really good points. So I think the Chris Hayes exception mm-hmm. there is 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 pretty fair. Now. Uh, uh, the Ed brand uh, is so expansive, mm-hmm. uh, as we call it here. The brand mm-hmm. is so expansive mm-hmm. that it includes, you know, I mean, there's the Ed clothing we all love, yep. and pray, but you can't, you can't touch it because it's, it's just, it's out of control in demand. And so they've raised the price so high that it's kind of priced me out of that market. Yeah. yeah it's I, I just can't touch the Ed brand anymore. Can you? No. I mean, I are you still, are, have you saved enough to, I, I don't make that I kind of money. I don't make that I kind have. of money. No, I don't either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't will, I will say we did get a lot of questions this weekend. A lot of people asking over and over. You know, people came up to me over and over again and said, you know, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? What's your favorite? Da, da, da. And one time, Pat, one, one time, Pat, mm-hmm. what's your favorite word? And I said, that's easy. Word. The Ed Schultz brand. <laughs> that's yeah. your favorite word? That's my favorite word. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another option other than the Ed Schultz brand. You know, I mean, I have my Ed yeah. Schultz socks on right now, and man, are they comfortable? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll bet, I'll bet, because they're really big, right? For big, oh yeah, for big fat feet, the big fat like calf cankle sort of socks mm-hmm. that uh, they they reach up <laughs> about midway up your thigh. Uh, but the thing is, the good thing about the Ed Schultz brand socks is that they're the yeah. same. Uh-huh. The opening is the same size from your ankle all the way up to mid thigh. <laughs> it's really nice. 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 Like that's a bad thing. No, it's no, that's really a good thing. nice, especially really for a guy nice. like you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was apparently uh, the Ed brand also apparently now includes uh, dancing. He invited Cupid. On the Ed show on Sunday during a live broadcast from the Essence Festival in New Orleans. 
And the Ed Brand closed out the show by demonstrating his impressive dance moves, which we would like to share with you now because I know everybody's clamoring for it. Now, the Ed Brand danced, and we want to see it, and so we can't deny that. I, I, here it is. That was one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. Gosh, that's oh, that's embarrassing. Oh my gosh, that that makes me want to hurt myself. Oh my gosh, that's there's no prancer size. No, (laughs) let's be honest. You're you're right. That's no prancer size. Jeffy showed the Jeffy brand a few weeks ago, prancer sizing, and it was it was impressive. I want I want I want everyone in the control room to hear this. I blame people like them for this. Everyone, all you people in the control room, all you producers were like, no, Ed, it'll be a good idea if you go out there and dance. It'll be funny. It'll be cute. You're telling me you wouldn't tell it. Only, it's only no. valid if you're telling it to him to hurt Ed and his brand. And then I'm, then I'm all for it. But that's what, you're like, oh, yeah, no, guys, look, we're going to, you were, we're going to have you out there with a rapper. And they're going to uh-huh. play a song, and then you try to do his dance. It'll be really funny. It'll be, you, it'll help you relate to the younger viewer. Just just do it, and then people will think it's great. It won't be great, Ed. Uh, yeah. I want you to continue as to do this. As a fat so- old host, <laughs> yes. as a fat old host, there's only one word to say to that. No. No. <laughs> no. I will be seated during no. that break. Thank you. No, but really, but really, Pat, it would be a good idea. It'll look good. No, we know no. You, listen, we know you're back. No, what we're gonna do is we're just, just have you stand like no. a circle again. One more time. No. no. <laughs> oh, that is awful. All right, we we had this. Uh, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, you can't even. It's, it makes me sick to even think about it. I'll, I'll never get that that image out of my head. Now it's it's just there. You know, it's awful. Uh, we should have had a warning up. Before that, before we broadcast that, can we hit one more thing? Uh, here, Pat, before, dis- before you go on, real yeah. quick, that I just noticed uh-huh. reading this. Remember, uh-huh. the reason Ed is doing the weekend show is to spend more time with his family. Not because he got demoted; it was because he was going to spend more time mm-hmm. with his family. So, what better way to do that than to go to do a live broadcast from the Essence Festival in New Orleans? <laughs> As a guy who lives in North Dakota, what better way to spend time with your family? What a fat liar. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little disagreement with Glenn on uh, on the issue of uh, of the Colin Kaepernick uh, cap-wearing fiasco for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, we and we we tried to play the uh, ESPN host Cullen Coward. His his thoughts on this, um, I think are are uh, pretty relevant. And I thought they were. I thought it was a pretty good rant he had about this. Glenn didn't seem to agree with any of it. But uh, tell us what you think about Colin Cowherd talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick wearing a Miami Dolphins cap. Here's here's what he had to say about it. The contract him, the Niners pay Colin deal. Kaepernick, and I'm old school. 
is to be their on-field boss, general CEO. It demands respect to fans, to teammates, to coaches, and the franchise. And you find me a great nation, a great business, a great couple, a great set of parents. And they have one thing. They have created borders and principles, unspoken but understood. Colin Kaepernick, you're the CEO. Act like it. It isn't trivial. Symbols never have been. It matters a lot. Grow up. Hmm. I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, like I do. That. I do, too. I, I will say talking to Glenn about a story like this is so frustrating because he yeah, just doesn't understand what he's talking about and doesn't care at all. I mean, he, he just blows off anything that's said. And it's like, I, you know, he mm -hmm. it's it's very similar to talking to the average American about an important issue. Like he just is mindless. He just makes jokes. He's got no idea any of the history, any of the ramifications, any of the importance, mm -hmm. any of the reasons why anyone thinks about mm -hmm. this stuff at all. It's so similar because it's when you talk to somebody, you try to explain the ins and outs of Obamacare. They do the same thing back to you as he does about sports. It really is. It does illustrate that process, in, unfortunately, very well. No, you're right. It's frustrating because he just feels it's about sports, so it's not as important. Well, there, yeah, it does it, because it's cultural, just like a lot of the other things we talk about. And there are other issues surrounding it, like loyalty and uh, and and the way you treat your fans, the way you treat other people, uh, the way you treat your supporters. I mean, is that not important to us, the way we treat people? <laughs> oh, my God, the respect you know? for all the people around us. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, if we treated our people like that and we walked around and we didn't care and we said, hey, grow up, it's no big deal, or what was it? His, what was his quote? Y'all must be, be bored. bored. Yeah. I mean, jeez, we, we wouldn't have any listeners left. <laughs> yeah, and I would, um, I would like, so, I would like the uh, – Jeffy, can you get the feed on this on this question? Because Glenn is a guy who takes any little story – and always finds this massive cultural significance to it. The, the dumbest, a mm -hmm. commer I, I saw a commercial the other day. I saw a commercial for <laughs> peanut butter Twix. Since when is there no caramel in Twix? This is an outrage. <laughs> he always finds some massive significance over every little story. So see if you can find Jeffy, get people on the feed to write in some stories uh, that were not major stories that Glenn did entire 25 minute monologues on to find some minuscule significance to turn into the, the nation is falling apart. I would love to see a list of those because there's been plenty <laughs> of them, plenty of them. Oh, you know, there are, oh, yeah. you know, there are Uh triple eight, seven, two, seven, back eight, 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 seven, two, seven, B E C K. All right, uh, Torsa has been holding for a while, so uh, let's go to Torsa in Mobile, Alabama. You're on Hello? the Patents Stew Show. Hi. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey. Good. Okay. Um, I was wanting to make a, a couple comments about uh, the Trayvon Martin case or the Zimmerman case. Okay. Um, I hear I've been an avid listener for um, some years now of the Glenn Beck program. Okay. Okay, thank you. And I've yet to mm -hmm. hear... Glenn, Sue, Pat, or Jesse mm -hmm. make a, um, a point about when did Trayvon Martin have the right to stand his ground? He's dead. We don't have anything to go on, but everybody is taking Zimmerman's word for it. Mm -hmm. There is really no forensic evidence. Well. 
attacked. Yeah, I, I think yeah, he, he did. Torsa, he attacked. Uh, he attacked that, Zimmerman, Zimmerman and was said. beating his. That's what Zimmerman. Yeah, said. well, he he has the. If you don't, he has the cuts and the bruises to sh- to show for if it you don't too. Mind, so if you don't mind? Can I tell you what the scenario that I think happened? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, Zimmerman was following Trayvon Martin, and I believe that mm-hmm. he had been following him since he had walked into the complex to go home. He was following him in his truck. He did call the police. He said some things because, of course, he saw a young black male in a hoodie in his neighborhood where he thought, hey, he doesn't look like he belongs. Okay. He commenced to follow him. He even got out of his truck to follow him because he did not want this punk to get away because they always get away. So he wanted to play, in my eyesight, Thompson Roberts. I mean, I, mean I, I think that's a kind of a negative way to look at it, Torsa. Just, just to be fair, even if we're taking yeah. your facts down yeah. just as they are, I mean, if they had had several robberies in this area, the suspects had had similar descriptions. The fact that he decided to go after and follow him doesn't necessarily mean he wanted to play cops and robbers. He may have just been wanting to protect his community. That doesn't mean that he was right to do that. I mean, you could certainly argue that that was not the right way to do it. He should have called the cops and left or whatever. But I mean, I don't think to. I mean, you're putting a disparaging tint on it by saying he wants to play cops and robbers. I mean, I mean that's how I feel. I mean, I've yeah. heard so much negative about Trayvon Martin, and this young man is not here to speak for himself. He doesn't have a voice. He can't tell his side. Oh, the, the media spoke for him. Torsa, the the media spoke for him quite eloquently. They made they made that kid into an angel. They made him into a saint that he'd never done anything wrong. Well, we found out quite the opposite well, I mean, over the last year, a, year and a half. There's been a lot of um, Zimmerman's past that really have been, people have been trying to sweep under the rug. Like, he has a past. Such too. as? Okay. Did he not attack a police officer, an officer of the law, to defend the plan of his? And, I don't and know. That char- Did he? And that charge was dropped. And mm-hmm. I believe that's because he has yeah. an uncle that is a sheriff. And his father mm-hmm. is a retired judge, I believe. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, 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 believe- I I think that the the issue here, and maybe I'm, um, I, you know, I have not. I'll be honest, I'm not been you know, obsessing over MSNBC over every detail of the Trayvon case. Uh, what I have seen, though, I mean, you yeah. have. Obviously, at some point, there was an altercation. We have an eyewitness who says uh, that uh, mm-hmm. that Trayvon Martin was on top in this fight, at least at one point. You have several, and, and even several- his dad says. He can't. Even his dad says he, that he couldn't identify uh, Trayvon's voice, right. that it was the other guy calling for help. Yeah, multiple um, other people you know, saying they can definitely guarantee it was George Zimmerman's, uh, uh, you know, witnesses he's he called were saying that they absolutely know it was George's mm-hmm. voice yelling for help. All that being said, though, I think you could argue that Trayvon did stand his ground. If he really felt like, let's just say all of this is true. Zimmerman followed him. He wanted to play cops and robbers. Trayvon turned around and said, you know what? Screw you. I'm not taking this anymore. They get into a fight. He holds his ground and they get into a fight. Even with all of that, if he's bashing his head into the ground, Zimmerman has a gun. He takes it out and shoots him. Zimmerman's still not guilty. That's what, how the right. law is set up. And that's where right. I think you have. I, I don't think it's right. going to be very easy to get a conviction at all on this. Well, what if the scenario went like this? Because I feel like if Zimmerman was so afraid of him, why would he allow this young man to gain that much ground on him? If you're afraid, your first thing is to turn and flee. 
I believe that he had his gun pulled already because he wanted to make sure that he did not get away. He wanted to detain him. And if you listen to what the prosecutor was asking his friend uh, yesterday about how an officer of the law detained someone, I believe that's what George Zimmerman was trying to do. Because if you listen to... Well, you could believe that, but there's no evidence of it, Torsa. I mean, all the evidence goes against what you're painting here. If you listen to Miss, um, what was the young lady's name that was the prosecution's first? Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, Gentile. Or, that's right. Gen- yes, her, the, that young lady. Mm-hmm. What she said resonated with me because she said that when she was on the phone with Trayvon, he said that there was this creepy man following him. Yeah. She told him, no, she said creepy, creepy cracker. cracker. Creepy, he, he, creepy ass cracker. Creepy yeah. ass okay. cracker. Yeah, creepy ass cracker. Uh, yes, but no one is. A little, little worse than creepy man. You highlight that, but you don't highlight what Zimmerman was saying. No, no, I'm, about, I don't highlight either. Well, what you, he said, you're he didn't say anything racial up. that I know yeah. of. Okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, sorry, we're I can't curse on your show. Yeah, no, I know. Creepy ass cracker, that is what he said. That is, yes. Yeah. When she said that he she heard him say, get off of me, get off of me, it wasn't necessarily that Zimmerman was, Zimmerman was on top of him. I That is a term that is used in the black community mm-hmm. when someone is on you and putting their hands on well, you. Get off me, get off me. If he was, could, could, me, give me this, though. Me. And I believe a fight did ensue. Because I, 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 I really don't, honestly do, do not care about George Zimmerman at all. Like, I don't, I don't find him to be an endearing character, per se. Like, if he, I really just care about justice in this case. I could care less. If George Zimmerman did this, I want him in jail for the rest of his life. But what I don't understand is, in your scenario, if he's coming out with a gun pointed at him to detain him from the beginning, how does this altercation begin? If he's got a gun pointed at him, how does he get to Zimmerman yeah. without getting shot and then bash his head into the ground a bunch of times? That doesn't seem possible. Well, I don't think Torsa believes. That's my thing. I'm trying to get y'all yeah, to see. Maybe Trayvon didn't. did not go after yeah. him. Maybe he went after Trayvon well, except for him. Hmm. Hmm. Except for the fact that Zimmerman had a black eye, which I've seen. Mm-hmm. He had he had a big cut in the back of his head from being bashed in, into the ground. He had a broken nose. The guy was beat up. Yeah. I mean, uh, Trayvon Martin beat him up. It's and he, so uh, as he's on the ground, he pulls out the gun and shoots him. It's it's a total it's a total case of self-defense. I you know, but obviously you don't you don't want to believe that and that's that's fine. That's up to you. Self-defense when you are the aggressor. If you if he well, had he was the aggressor when he's getting his head that. bashed into the ground. And legally you yeah, you can absolutely can be this that is and you are the aggressor. You're not an officer of the law. You, he did yeah. not say. Well, first of all, Torsa, Torsa, you're assuming that he had his gun out. And he was trying to detain him. I don't. There's no evidence. There's no evidence that happened. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Torsa. Yeah. It, thanks for the call, Torsa. Torsa that was a good call. We appreciate it. Definitely. But the fact is, if the guy had his gun out, he's not going to let Trayvon Martin get on top of him and start bashing his head into the ground. Especially he's going to shoot he wants him first, to then kill it's him. over. Yeah, if he wants to kill him, if his right. desire is to kill this person, it's the second he makes a move, he's going he's gonna to take a shot at him. Uh, you know, I just I, I feel like so I, it just doesn't fit the facts. Yeah, it it really doesn't. It I, doesn't. I, it doesn't fit. Spoke, and she wants to make it fit, yeah. but it doesn't. I spoke to a, a friend of mine this this week uh, who is conservative. Uh, and, and he was saying that, you know, he doesn't think, uh, you know, Zimmerman's a good guy. 
and that he thinks, uh, you know, uh, that he was the, you know, he caused this incident by following him and making this into something uh, that it didn't need to be. And I think there's, I think there's probably a legitimate criticism in there in that, like, he didn't need to do this. Uh, however, he, he has, he's within his rights to do it. And I think, um, first of all, as, as Torso was saying, the bottom line is it doesn't matter who the aggressor was in reality. That, that's not a material legal value uh, in this case. But even if uh, Zimmerman followed him and even if he started a fight with Trayvon Martin, if Trayvon Martin was winning that fight and bashing his head and breaking his nose and he thought he was in serious danger, that's the only thing that has to happen. This isn't stand your ground law. It has nothing to do with that. It's simple self-defense. And he will be able to he will be able to win legally based on that. But I think that there's this situation that happens with this case, and I think Torres is a, a good example of it. Is to, it becomes sports? It becomes your team is the Trayvon team, and you'll just find any way to defend this this case when it does not seem like there's anything yep. there. And Torres obviously yep. not a stupid person. I mean, and she said she's been a listener to this program for a long time. She's well-spoken, you know, she knows, but I think like you get into that area where you're now just getting on a team and Trayvon, you know, is one team and Zimmerman's another. And I think conservatives, there are some conservatives who are trying to make Zimmerman out to be this wonderful, magical creator of all that is good and positive on the earth. And I don't think that's true either. It does seem like people are settling in on their sides and I don't know if they're rationally thinking about it anymore. Triple eight, seven, two, seven back. I just uh, the Trayvon Martin thing. It just seems to go right down racial lines, doesn't it? I mean, if you, uh, I and and look, he's not a white guy. He's not white. Yeah, he's I, a Hispanic guy. I I, I, I I don't know that it's a racial issue, frankly. Uh, it's just an issue of you look at the facts in the case. Look at the evidence. There's not a single thing that has led me to believe. And, you know, it's I I haven't followed this extensively, but everything I've seen in the case leads leads me to believe that Zimmerman shot him in self-defense, especially by a legal standard. Yeah. I mean, when you really go down to the legal parts of it, I mean, it's even remember you got to be proven guilty here. Innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. Did this guy and people get hung up on the fact that, well, the police said that, uh, you know, they didn't want him to follow it. First of all, they said you don't need to follow it. And the reason the police say to or 911 operators say to people, we don't need you to do that. We don't need you to follow up on this is to protect the person calling. It's not to protect the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. It's to protect the person calling from getting an altercation mm-hmm. with someone who could be dangerous. That's why they say those things. But beyond that, even if he did. I mean, think about this. Even if he hung up the he would lied and he decided he wanted to follow this guy. And even if his intent the entire time was to go and uh, in, in his head and say, you know what, I'm going to take this guy on and I'm not letting him get away. And he goes up to the guy and he confronts him and he says, you're not getting out of here. I'm going to follow you. And then he tried to run away and get away and he tackled him unfairly. And then once Trayvon gets on top of him and Trayvon starts mm-hmm. bashing his head into the ground and punching him in the face and he, and not at that point escaping. He he has the right to take out his gun and defend himself when he believes his life or is in danger or, or there's a severe physical harm. Uh, he has the right to do that, and you know it gets mm-hmm. to the point where the legal line is so hard for Trayvon Martin's side to uh, to prove. 
absolutely absurd that he was even charged with second-degree murder, let alone they have a chance of proving it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen here. And no matter what, if they let him off, they're going to say, well, it was an all-white jury or whatever, and they're going to make it into a racial issue, even though this guy, as you pointed out, Pat, isn't even a white dude. Uh, But I don't see how this is going down. I mean, even after after the testimony we saw in the trial, I don't see how this is going to happen. Well, defense witness John... Donnelly uh, took the stand yesterday, and he identified the voice on the 911 tape. Here's what he said. Tell the jury why you didn't want to listen to this tape. Uh, it can be very uh, distressing. To listen to a friend of yours scream for help, if in fact it was a friend of yours? Yes. Is that why you didn't listen to the tape? That's why. Based upon your knowledge of your conversation with George Zimmerman and the life experience that you've now brought to the jury, whose voice do you believe that to be screaming for help? Uh, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that is George Zimmerman. And I wish to God I did not have that ability to understand that. Mm. Well... I mean, obviously a friend of Zimmerman's, you, you might expect him to say that, but so did Trayvon's right. own dad. Well, he didn't say said that wasn't he didn't say he didn't say it was Zimmerman, but he yeah. he said no it to, to an, whether it was Trayvon or, or not. Or it wasn't Trayvon. He couldn't be sure that it was or whatever. His mom, I think, was one person who did say it was Trayvon. But I think that's the only person out of all the witnesses that were called who said they thought it was Trayvon. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you make anything out of this. I really don't. I don't either. I mean, it really is a, a, a creation of the media and a sad one uh, because, mm-hmm. look, it is. is there racism? Of course, all these things are true. And, you know, you wonder why people get frustrated with cases like this. It's because the media has sold this to us as if it's this open and shut case mm-hmm. where this evil white man has come and gunned down a black teenager for wearing a hoodie. <laughs> And we have people. And even the evil white man is not true. The evil white man isn't a white you man. Know? You know, the the, the, right. the pure uh, 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 black teenager wasn't quite as pure as we were told. We had the president of the United States saying, this guy looks like my son. We've got people, yeah. uh, celebrity after celebrity, going on television to, you know, things like award shows and wearing hoodies to honor this person with none of the facts in. And this gets, dr- you know. Beaten into our society for a year, and then when the facts come out and they don't support it, it's, it goes back to our previous conversation. Results don't matter anymore in this society, and the results right. of the That's investigation right. being that George Zimmerman is innocent is not going to stop people from getting pissed off at that at that verdict coming out. And I will say it again, one more time: George Zimmerman is no more white than Barack Obama is. They're both half. Okay? So, can we stop with that? 888-727-BECK. the Pat and Stu Show, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we have uh, Yassine Bay 
who you know probably better as most deaf. I think we all know pretty well most deaf, right? Mm. And and Stu, you you mentioned that that's most definitely. It, it's short for that, right? I believe uh, he's an believe actor. So, yes. mm-hmm. He's an actor that we all love. He's mm-hmm. a beloved actor. He's a, a comedian. He's a uh, a rapper. He's an artist. He's a friend. He's a uh, fellow human being. <laughs> and he has... Yeah, let's bring let's bring him up now. Yazine, come on up, most. He's uh he's been force fed Guantanamo Bay style because apparently he feels some kinship to these killers in Gitmo. Uh but he did uh he did do we have a little I think we have a little little piece of the uh little taste of what he tasted. A little tube going up his nostril and stuff. Force fed like the like the Gitmo prisoners who were on a hunger strike, and so they're force fed to keep them alive. Oh, the human rights abuses of this nation! I can't take it. But here's here's what it looked like with most death. Oh, the horror, the pain, the suffering. Stop! I can't. Oh, oh no! No, I've got to look away. I can't. Oh no! Oh no! Don't do that to him. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Not look comfortable. Oh, see, has got up his right up his nostrils, Stu. Look at that! Stop! 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 I can't do it. I can't. He can't do it. Most pretty job, buddy. Nice try. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll have to eat a steak. <laughs> here's here's what we have to do when we get back. And I'm just taking part in the demonstration with standard operating procedure for force feeding mm-hmm. detainees at Guantanamo. Oh, oh my Bay. gosh! Dun, 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 oh, oh my dun, gosh! I mean, it's a pretty standard medical procedure oh, that happens to people gosh. all the time, doesn't it? I mean, like when, except you're usually out. Uh, we yeah. could p- put them out oh, if. Gosh. The problem, I guess, is that they don't they don't want that, right? I um, don't know. Stu, I don't know. What, what I'd like to do when we get back mm-hmm. on Monday, mm-hmm. the Monday, no, a week from this coming Monday, okay, is force feed Jeffy. We've, we've got to stick, we've got to strap him in, and we have to have someone come in and do standard operating procedure to force feeding Jeffy. Mm-hmm. And we need to force feed you. Mm-hmm. I think we need to jam a tube up your nose. And you know, feed you, you something. said something earlier mm-hmm. that stuck with me. Okay, what was it? No, <laughs> it, was a, it stuck with me. I'm not sure what. It, what Did you see the horror he experienced? I, I, now you don't want none of that. No, I you don't, don't want none of that. No, no, stop! I mean, I, 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 stop! I'm so sad now that I participated in the uh, uh, the uh, insure boarding of Stu. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I was, I was I, there for I, that. Puts that in like, a whole new light to that. Yeah. I will say this though: so, uh, What no. does any has anyone tracked down a coherent argument of what they're suggesting we do other than just release them? What is their what's their argument? What are they asking us to do? I, I, I guess let them die. I you know isn't that the only other alternative? You you have to let them die. I would say there's very little right? chance of. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe this is true. 
Uh, but you got to be a pretty damn strong person to sit there and with food in your cell, not eat it when you're starving to death. Uh, to the point of, I don't even know that a person could do it. And you know what? Once they, I think before you die, again, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but once before you die, you're going to pass out. And when you pass out, we'll intervene as feed you if, if, if they don't want it, they want us to keep right, them alive. I mean, that's I, what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand mm. what, what the hell do they want us to do? You might not like that procedure. I'm I don't know. Com- seriously, don't know. completely fine stopping doing that. Completely fine. We'll yes. put we'll put a, a salad at I the corner of their at the corner of their uh, cell once a day, and if they die, mm-hmm. they die. Fine. Period. I don't. I really don't care. If they want to kill themselves by starving. That's exactly themselves, where I fine. am. I know. Uh, I mean, is it really that painful? I've had things. I think we've all had you know intravenous tubes or. I, I don't know if I've had a tube, uh, probably, it's sometimes stuck up my nose. I have, because I've had operations, and uh, there have been tubes stuck up my nose. Is it really that painful? I mean, I, mean, I would think it's got to be very uncomfortable, and that's why they usually put you out for it's it. It's right? uncomfortable, yeah. but is it really like, oh, stop, stop, <laughs> I can't take it, I can't do it, I can't Come on, man. I don't know. I, I think that's I, I, a little over dramatic. Maybe. I mean, I, I would say that that did not look pleasant. I mean, just from the point of looking at it from a no, wincing wait, perspective, it does not look pleasant. I don't think it's yeah. to say that you're a wuss for not being able to handle that. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to go through it, but you, you don't have to. I mean, uh, you shouldn't have to. I mean, if you want to die, you want to die, fine, whatever. I'm fine with that. You want to kill yourself. Yeah, I, got, I got news for you. The starving to death process going to be a hell of a lot worse than the tube up your nose. That one I can promise you. No doubt. About that. No doubt. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's, you know, starving to death. Were we told initially during the Terry Schiavo process? Oh, it's a better way to go. You almost get euphoric. Bull crap. Yeah. And then there was a doctor who said euphoric. No, it's excruciating. It's painful. I mean, it's it's starvation. Do Do the... Do the kids who we talk about all the time on on television who are starving and then, you know, they're looking for donations, do they look like they're enjoying their starvation? No, it's not a it's not a fun way to go. I mean, and and it's a long, drawn out process. So I can't imagine it's a pleasant one. There's no way your body would get dehydrated. You'd be you'd ache all over the place. There'd be a lot of pain involved. It's stupid. So if that's the way they want to go. I say let them. Let them go that way. I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, you know what? We're giving them ice cream socials on the weekend. We've uh, built a uh, $500,000 or $1 million uh, soccer field for them. We have improved the facilities in every way. We brought in halal food. Now we brought in halal Muslim-built exercise equipment. I mean, they're being treated unbelievably well. Look at the U.S. prisons. They're... They're not treated as well as the Gitmo prisoners are. And so shut up about their treatment. I mean, the one thing I would like to do is if we're going to keep them, if we're going to keep them, put them on trial. And and if they're found guilty, then carry out their sentence. If they're found innocent, set them free. I'm tired of the whole thing. Let's just, let's do it now. And your military it, it, trial, you correct? Can't, you can't keep them. Yes. Yes, at Gitmo, you don't bring them to the states. No. You put, you give them their military tribunal. If they're found guilty, you sentence them to whatever the punishment for that crime is, and you have it, you have it over with. If they're innocent, you send them home. 
Done. Yeah. Uh, you just open the gates uh, and let them walk out and stay. They can find their own way back. I've so they got to be on trial. <laughs> I mean, they're there for a reason, right? I've come to this uh, weird thing lately where I was thinking about, I was listening to a, an interview on sports radio yesterday, and we were talking about Aaron Hernandez. And the, the sheriff was on. He was talking about, look, you know, we got this guy. We're going to be looking into the trial and everything. And they're like, well, what's going to happen with him? How long will he be kept there? And he goes, look, we've got people who've been held here for two years, uh, you know, as we're getting ready for this trial. So, you know, this could be a couple of years before we really get to it. That to me seems what inherently unfair. Like you, you and unconstitutional, doesn't it? I mean, no way. He's held with charges, yeah, even yeah. even when you're held yeah, with right charges. To a speedy trial. Yeah, you got to have. You yeah, can't be crazy. held there for two years. I mean, it just seems complete. If you don't have the crazy. evidence you need to convict the guy for two years, I, I mean, you might you might not be able to get a conviction. I mean, like mm-hmm. to me, a year seems completely on on one side of it, and and it's almost like the other thing is that that should be the maximum. Like let's say a year, and the other part of that is it almost seems as if, and I, I haven't really looked at this at our history, what the founders believed on it, but just from a, I don't know, a knee-jerk reaction, I guess. It just seems that, like, if you are in jail, they they put you in jail for a year, and the state is coming after you with their prosecutors looking for their evidence, and they come to you and they present their case, the state is working against you, and then you're innocent, you should be compensated for that time. Like, And I know, like, we're going to wind up with a lot of people who are probably guilty of crimes getting paid by the government. And I realize that's not exactly a good optic politically to be rooting for. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like you should have a right to get to something. Now, Gitmo's a different story. You've got people from uh, from war zones. And, you know, the rules are certainly different in other countries where these guys have been picked up. I I do think you're right. We do a military trial and... And come up with some sort of charge. I think we need to get to that point, and I don't think we need any of that. It's America. Yeah. Triumph. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's not America. Yes. I mean, it, well, we are Americans. We are Americans, and, yes. and And because Gitmo is uh, house, housing an American base, it too is America. So put them on trial. Put them on trial. Give them their justice. You know what? It's been five, six, seven, eight, ten years in some cases. Too much. It's just too much. Triple eight seven two seven back. The network you are building. True lives here. So are you looking for some way to protect your assets and maybe, just maybe, a little, I don't know, exotic locale to spend a few days here and there? I mean, I've worked hard to build a bright financial future for myself. I mean, moderately successful at times, depending on Glenn's mood on any given day. Uh, but I've been looking for different ways to protect my assets, as a lot of people are, with the uncertain economy and things around the corner. Who knows what's going to go on? So why not have options? I like options. One exciting option is Belize. What about buying property in the country of Belize? If you don't know what Belize is, it's an English-speaking democratic country. It has favorable tax laws, a strong banking system, a stable economy, and a real estate market that has been growing for just, I don't know, 25 consecutive years. Belize is also a tropical paradise. It's not one of these things you're going to be dumping money in and everyone's going to go visit because these places are absolutely amazing. You have to see them for yourself. It has a low cost of living and some of the most breathtaking scenery on earth. 
It really is one of the best kept secrets in the world. It's something you may not have considered, but you probably should. And it's only an hour flight from the United States. I'm going to be taking down a trip down to Belize uh, with my wife, checking this area out for myself. I want to you know, put my feet on the ground and, and really see it for myself. And that's something important when you're making a big decision. Make sure it's right for you and really know what you're talking about. Looks good on paper, but I want to see it for myself. And you should, too. Go to buybelize.com now to find out more about this exciting opportunity. That's buybelize.com. Buybelize.com to learn how investing in Belize can safeguard your freedom, your finances, and your future. That's buybelize.com. Hey, welcome. Pat and Stu Show, 888-727-BECK. Uh, Dennis in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hi, you're on Pat and Stu. Hey, man, what's up, bro? Hey, you are, man. Go ahead. Well, you guys were, when I was driving around, I, I heard you guys asking for solutions for the $17 trillion debt. And I, and um, mm-hmm. a, a, a little over a year ago, I started uh, doing some research on exactly what mm-hmm. the, the the real number is on the debt. Like if you floated uh, bank loans for homes, um, loans. Unfunded liabilities, exactly. all that. Exactly, securities, everything. It, the actual number, if, if the dollar collapsed, collapsed tomorrow, you would you would literally mm-hmm. be owed, people would be owed $600 trillion. But seven, so if you look at $600 trillion is being floated. That's a lot. Right now. It seems like a lot. But, yeah. but so, so I started trying to think, well, how, how could you pay that back? Six hundred trillion in money. How is yeah, that right. possible to pay that? Because that seems like a lot, doesn't it? That's too much. <laughs> it just seems like a lot. I, <laughs> I figured up the math on what a dollar bill is, and and I measured it, mm-hmm. and and figured out what a million yeah. dollar bill is if you stack it and then you lay it down flat on the ground. And I figured, and, yeah. and then I just, you know, our math that we do now is is a little bit easier than the old fashioned math where where a, a trillion, uh, a million million would be a billion, and a billion billion would be a trillion. So. So, so mm-hmm. our math now is a lot smaller. The numbers are a lot easier to swallow, and um, mm-hmm. and and if you took the six when when I did this, the the, the debt was at sixteen trillion, and uh, if you laid down sixteen trillion dollars of hundred dollar bills laying on their thin side, straight up and down, that would take you, yeah. you, you could take you could take a stack of hundred dollar bills from uh, City Hall in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and make it just to the outskirts of Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's one trillion. <laughs> you got to do that sixteen times okay. to pay off sixteen. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, I, I started working on. It seems like a lot. It seems like. It. Well, I tried to work on a solution for the sixteen trillion at the time, and and it works for the seventeen mm-hmm. trillion. Here's the solution that you could pay it off tomorrow if you really wanted to do it. I mean, I, I live in Oklahoma, where an eight in. All right, less than a minute here, man. We got to finish it up. Oh sure. Yeah. So how do we yeah, do I it? Can do it in thirty seconds. So. All right, the United ahead. States government owns 30% of its total territory. That's 65 million mm-hmm. acres. Sell so, so land, land is what you're saying. land, right. So, yes. Yes, exactly right. I appreciate that. Dennis, I agree with that. I say sell land, and we could pay off the debt completely. Completely. All right, 888 back. Use that number uh, tomorrow during the radio show where uh, myself... Stu and uh, Jeffy will be holding, uh, will be uh, hosting, not holding, but will be hosting. Now, this show will be will be Doc Thompson, right? And Skip. Oh, yeah. Darn right? it. Am I right? This is our last that show of the nice week. nice of them to fill in for us. Isn't that nice? 
it's precious. So we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the radio show. I guess we won't actually see you because it's a radio. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll, okay. <laughs>